Gilman Scholars, this is your captain speaking. Get ready for takeoff. Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to another exciting new episode of the A. Gilman Podcast. Stay tuned towards the end of today's interview to hear about a special giveaway we are hosting in honor of this month's episode. You don't want to miss it. And as always, we want to encourage you to join our growing A. Gilman Podcast family. And don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. Happy February and happy Valentine's Day, depending on if you celebrate and when you're listening in this month. My name is Sarah Murray, and today I have a couple of Gilman alumni joining me who are not only two graduates from Western Michigan University, but they are recently married life partners, best-selling authors, and speakers. It is my pleasure to officially welcome Alexis and Justin Black. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Yes, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on here. Of course, it's a pleasure to have you both. Could you tell us a little bit about your wonderful selves? Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> Like you said, my name is Justin Black, a recently graduate of Western Michigan with a degree in public relations and after studies. And um, just super honored to have a bunch of international experience, and, but it all started with receiving the Benjamin Gilman Scholarship. So super excited just to be able to uh, share my experience on the podcast. And I'm Alexis Black, uh, wife of Justin. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually met at uh, Western Michigan University, where I graduated with a dual degree in entrepreneurship and global international studies, and a minor in nonprofit leadership and political science. And between the two of us, we actually studied abroad 13 times, and we were fortunate what? enough to receive, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> we both received the Gilman. Uh, I received it for um, South Korea, or sorry, he received the South Korea, and then I received it for Ecuador. Oh my gosh, talk about a power couple. Well, since we're already talking a little bit about your romance, and it is February, you guys are literally a couple of Gilman scholars in more ways than one. So could you tell us a little bit more about how you two met? Yeah, of course. So uh, at Western Michigan, uh, we met in the Cedar Scholars Program. And the Cedar Scholars Program is basically a program for foster youth in higher education. So uh, basically they allow you to enter the program and they give you a campus coach and all these resources to help you navigate through your college career. And during set week, you bring you come in with your cohort of Cedar Scholars and you meet everybody. And I was an incoming freshman, and um, I met uh, I met this girl with a bunch of tattoos, <laughs> <laughs> and she she seemed like an amazing person. She was a junior. She seemed way out of my league, Aww. but somehow you know we we started a friendship, and from there you know we just. It, it, I'm skipping a lot of details, but <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Well, and Alexis, would you agree that that meet cute is accurate? Yeah, it was actually super cute. But I thought he was a baby because you know I'm a junior and he's an incoming freshman, and yeah. <laughs> and age ain't nothing but a number, right? Yeah, especially now, you know, we're both graduated. It's like who cares? <laughs> yeah, precisely. And then you you've mentioned Justin a little bit already that you guys had time that you had the chance to study abroad. And Alexis, you highlighted before that one of you went to South Korea and Ecuador through Gilman. So I'd love to know a bit more about the highlights of both of your separate experiences traveling with the scholarship. Yeah, so what's actually interesting is that Justin didn't want to travel abroad uh, when we first met. We really? almost actually broke up because I'm like, you know, I already got the travel bug. Uh, a little caveat here is that we both grew up in foster care. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, once I really saw outside of my circumstances, literally my family and my community, I kind of got addicted to it. And I just wanted to continue to grow and see the world. And 
I was like, I don't know if I could date somebody that doesn't want to, you know, share that with me. And, but I was uh, right after we met, I told him, you know, I'm studying abroad in South Korea and it's a perfect, perfectly fitting program for you. And you should look into it. And, um, and so he was like, you know, well, I don't know. I don't think I want to go. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't know if it was because he didn't want to spend the summer without me or he saw it as a great opportunity or a mixture of both. But, uh, you know, one day we were talking with some friends and he said, you know, I'm going to South Korea. And I'm like, wait, when did this happen? <laughs> when did you make that decision? But um, I, I knew about the Gilman um, just because I already applied twice. Mm -hmm. And I told him, you know, maybe you should look into the Gilman because I know that you qualify. That's exciting. Yes, it was super exciting. And even though it was my third time, or no, it was my second time applying by that time, I didn't get it, but he got it <laughs> to Korea. And third time's a charm. I got it when exactly. I went to Ecuador. Well, like you already said, third time's a charm. And also, also, Alexis, you really do serve as a great example of how we do have Gilman scholars that are not selected the first time around. But then if you just keep applying and keep reworking that application, the, the odds of you getting it just continue to increase because you have that familiarity, you've done it before and you know what to expect. So you're a great success story. Thanks so much for sharing. And I mean, if it's not clear by now, you guys are both life partners, but also business partners. But could you talk to us a bit more about the scholarship expert and the Rose Empowerment Group? Yeah, so the scholarship expert is something that Alexis actually created in 2016. And the mission was to serve students in uh, graduating debt-free. Um, I, I have been blessed enough to graduate debt free, and she's earned how many how many uh, scholarships? About two hundred thousand, and you yeah. you got about one hundred forty thousand. Yeah, I wow. we received a lot of scholarship opportunities, and we basically wanted to position position other students to kind of do the same. We've been able to serve hundreds of students through the scholarship expert, and then um, actually in twenty twenty. While we were quarantined, um, I created the ROSE Empowerment Group and ROSE stands for Rising Over Societal Expectations. And it was something that a mentor actually put on my heart uh, for mentoring and speaking to so many other people. And I've been able to mentor students who are in elementary school with just character development, some of my peers with character development and trying to organize strategies of group economics and so many other things. And it, it basically focuses on myself, which is character development, my community, which is healthy relationships and group economics. And lastly, uh, my impact, which talks about legacy building. And last but not least, <laughs> if that's not enough, uh, those two is Redefining Normal. And this is a book idea that Alexis was uh, starting on back in late 2019. And she started just thinking of ideas, brainstorming of what we what she can really talk about with a book idea. We I, I asked her, I told her like you should write about something that you talk about every day. That those are the things that will come natural to you with other people about on a daily basis or things you think about all the time. Previously mentioned, we grew up in foster care, so a lot of relationships that we've seen growing up were a lot of times unhealthy, and it defined our future and our pathway. So with this book and turning that into a business eventually, uh, we wanted to kind of challenge individuals to reshape their pathway and question whether their identity and their pathway is conducive for their future and for those around them. Thanks for actually mentioning Redefining Normal, Justin, which we're going to talk about a bit more in depth just a little bit later because this book highlights your experiences in the foster care system and also a lot about your experiences abroad. So 
how would you both say your experiences in the foster care system and your involvement with the Gilman Scholarship have sort of served as drivers for your success um, during and after undergrad? Yeah, as we mentioned before, um, just being able to really see outside of our circumstances and um, seeing beyond the limitations really around us, you know, growing up with so many individuals who have a limited worldview on what you can do and what you can accomplish in life and pushing past that and bringing down those barriers and challenging that. And even in our book, um, each chapter we have statistics and those are each statistics that we've had to overcome to get to where we are now. And sure. being given the fact that, you know, less than 3% of foster youth graduate from college and less than that, you know, to study abroad. And so it's a startling uh, number. Exactly. And so as you can imagine, just pushing past those simple statistics right there, uh, it was really eye-opening for us of, you know, this world is really ours to take and do what we want and to, you know, push past all of those things and to build and grow. And so that was a lot of the premise behind this book of, uh, you know, everybody has their definition of normal, whether it's their community, their family or society, what has defined it for you. And for us, so much of it came from abuse and toxic relationships and all these different things. And so how can we come together and be successful adults and have a successful marriage and relationship if we don't really identify what those roots are and get to those mm -hmm. and figure out what the causes are so that we can work past that and redefine what that is and what that looks like in our lives and in the lives around us. Once we started writing this book that really just took off and uh, and we've already sold over what um, 4,000 copies oh, in two months. And that's really unheard of for a best-selling author. Typically, best-selling authors- Or self-published author. Sorry, best-selling, sorry. I meant self-publishing authors. So um, that's really unheard of for uh, self-published authors because they typically don't sell more than a thousand books in the lifetime of that book. Uh, stay tuned because there's a chance for maybe you to win a book on this, uh, on this show. So stay tuned to that. But, uh, <laughs> but we really um, poured our hearts and souls into this and it felt like you know we were publishing our diary but we knew the purpose behind it and the reason was that we were helping other individuals break those generational patterns and those curses and, and encouraging people to heal from what they've been through. And we also talk about our experiences studying abroad because that played an integral part into us as a, in a relationship because we've done five study abroads together. And then, um, just really traveling together and what that meant for us. And, um, and especially Justin, he goes into, you know, the vulnerability of, of being, being a black man abroad and what that meant and just how incredibly empowering it is to other people of color who read this yes. book um, and, and gain his perspective from it. And so hopefully encouraging them to study abroad. So it's just, it's been an incredible journey and we're just so blessed and honored to be able to share our story. Yes. And honestly, I mean, those statistics alone, to me at least show that, this book is helping what apparently would be a niche, but one that's underappreciated, undervalued, and hasn't been reached out to. These are students that also want to go abroad just as much as others. So congratulations on this groundbreaking endeavor. But I also kind of want you both to, if you can, like paint a picture for us, sort of set a timeline up. So you've graduated, congratulations, and then you've started creating your businesses, and then all of a sudden you are best-selling self-published self-published writers so I for one am not familiar with like the creative process from getting an idea for a book to seeing it available for purchase um, online but 
what has been your timeline since graduating? How have you kept yourself so organized? And what was the creative process for writing Redefining Normal? I honestly would say like, it really starts with the habit forming, right? Like okay. throughout college, so much of, of college is that habit forming that if you haven't started building those habits in high school, you have to really perfect those in college. And so for me, every single semester, I did something resume worthy, where basically every semester, it's something that I could put on my resume. Mm. And, um, and so for me, it just really started with that, that habit building, uh, so that when I don't want to do it, that habits already built, that discipline's already built. So that's what I'm leaning on, on those days where I really just don't want to do it. <laughs> and, <laughs> Which we all have. Exactly. And so that's why that discipline and, you know, that habit forming is so important uh, because there are many days where we don't, you know, we just don't feel like it. And so I graduated, for me, I graduated college in 2019 in April, moved back to Kalamazoo, where I went to school, actually into Justin's dorm, which was really a hit to my ego. Oh, um, no. <laughs> I'm like, this was the dorm that I graduated from and I'm moving back into it uh, in the same year. Like it really just hit my ego, but that way I had 24 hour access to his brain where we decided we were going to relaunch the scholarship expert uh, by December. Cause I got invited to speak at the Reagan presidential library. We relaunched uh, the scholarship expert and that really helped me understand the full process behind starting and owning and operating a business. And, uh, and then once we got emergency evacuated from South Africa during that time, we're like, okay, uh, maybe we should really start writing this book right now. Like maybe we should really get this together. And, uh, and so one thing that I did of helping me figure out the process of writing a book, cause I've never done this before, of, you know, how do I take such a large idea and break it down into chunks? It seemed very overwhelming. And especially, you know, taking our life stories, it was, it was both of our life stories and trying to push it into a book that mm -hmm. that just seemed like a behemoth task and I just <laughs> didn't know if I could process myself sure. but um a book that really helped me is called published by Chandler Bolt and that really helped me break down uh, a big task into um into smaller ones and to understand what is a uh, what goes into a chapter what are all the themes and the plots mm -hmm. and all of these, all of these, uh, all of these ideas. But if you, um, if you, you know, have read our book, you've seen that we have been through a lot, but we couldn't fit all of that in there. So you have to always think about what is the reader going to get out of this. And for us, it was yes, our story, but it's so much bigger than us. And remembering that, and it's not just somebody reading our book and saying, oh, that was a great book, you know whatever, you know, I wanted somebody to really take something from it and to be able to apply it to their lives. Uh, but it, but it, it leans so much on that discipline and that habit building that we did in the beginning, because what we did was every single day, we set aside one hour and we said, we're going to work on this today for one hour. But I had to lean on that and knowing that so many people were going to need this book, this was something that was needed for people. And it had nothing to do with me at the end of the day, uh, even though I was the, I was, you know, one of the authors of it, but it had, it really has nothing to do with us at the end of the day. Uh, you know, it's about the reader and what they're going to get from it. And then if you had, let's say some advice or a mantra, you would encourage fellow Gilman scholars or fellow listeners of the podcast who want to pursue creating their own businesses, pursue writing their own book, what would you, what advice would you share? What mantra pushed you through the challenging and daunting process of everything that you've done from writing a book to establishing several businesses? Uh, I, I guess I would say that what will really push you to do great things like maybe start a business or 
uh, challenge yourself to get out of your comfort zone is the, I mean, we, we all have this, this gut feeling of we know what we need to do or want to do, but it's this fear or something in our brain telling us to, it's too uncomfortable or it's too out of the box. And I would just tell people that that out of the box thing that's on your brain, that's on your heart is probably something you need to try out, at least try out. People are depending on you to a lot of times to do that. You know, people needed this book. I always look at it as people, my family and my peers, they needed me to travel abroad and get that information to bring it back home and put it in things like this yeah. book to tell them about, oh, I did it so you can do it too. You know, once somebody else does it and they see you do it, then they feel more comfortable doing it. Yeah, It may sound bad, but if you are trying to be safe and comfortable, then there are people suffering and not and missing out on opportunities because you want to be safe and comfortable. It requires you to take that step and that so many people are depending on you to do that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And just knowing the thousands of people that have already been impacted by us writing this book in two and a half months, think about, you know, if, if we would have waited, you know, to write this book, how many people would have missed that message or what we're trying to push out? We did that in two and a half months. And one of our biggest mantras, as you would say, is we want to die empty. That is one thing for us is that we have we are filled with so much knowledge and experience and things, and we want to make sure that we are dying empty, that every piece of us has been poured out into those around us. And we all have the capacity to teach and, and grow other people, and you have to make sure that you're, you're doing that, whether it's through a mentorship role or whatever it is, but we all have the capacity to do that, and, and we're using our capacity to you know, pass that knowledge on. And you kind of have both touched upon this already just a little bit, but could you maybe highlight for us a bit more about how do you plan on using your platform and sort of like what are the next steps now that you've expanded such a platform for yourselves to amplify the issues presented in your book and the benefits of study abroad as well? Mm -hmm. Well, I think really it's about just all we do is gather information that pass it down, whether it's... Uh, information on how to deal with mental health issues, uh, things of how to break generational addiction in family, how to break generational poverty, mm -hmm. and so many other things. We're just passing on information and packaging it in different platforms and in different areas. So moving forward uh, with our platforms, we want to, we always say to redefine your normal book, you can easily take out our experiences and put in your experiences with the topics and things to be covered because sure. each and everything we cover is something that uh, the reader has to question for themselves of how do you deal with mental health and what is your uh, method of dealing with those things? Mm -hmm. How did your parents and your family and community display love for you? Was it a healthy and, and conducive way? How does your community or how did you how do you establish community in general? So Moving forward, we want to package that and put it into a workbook or study guide and see how people you know, are able to question themselves when and they approach those ideas and those around them. Yeah, and um, just branching off that a little bit more is uh, what we've been doing is a lot of workshops and keynotes, and we're already booked out for like five keynotes this year. Wow. And um, as he mentioned, those workbooks and things, but it's so many, you know, workshops and, and uh, keynotes and other stuff to, to really just continue that conversation of what's in this book. Mm -hmm. And my dream is to actually have this be a common read at universities because um, so many freshmen, you know, especially like specifically targeting freshmen come into college and 
Um, you know, a lot of times, especially with um, like first generation or foster youth or whatever it may be, uh, they're struggling with that, um, that idea of, do I belong here? How do I overcome this? How do I push forward and, and make this setting work for me? And I think that there's so many lessons in this book that is completely applicable to them. And so we are actually already in the process of, with a couple of universities of pushing this forward as a common read. And so that's, that's definitely my dream. One day go in and, and do presentations with high school students um, across the country and even, you know, around the world that continuing that travel, continuing <laughs> that, you know, being abroad, that's something for me. And, and what I think is an important lesson in, in this alone is that I remember when I first started college, I was so terrified to, um, to uh, public speak and mm-hmm. to do, to, you know, to present. And, um, and then now, you know, I would have never, ever, ever, ever <laughs> imagined like starting a company where our main priority is to get the word out there through presentations and speaking with other people. Wow. It's like, how did this get here? 180, like, complete 180. Complete 180. And I was talking, my mom came over um, and visited over the weekend. And I looked at her and I said, you know, look at where we are now. We're out here doing presentations several times a week. Can you imagine that? She looked at me, she's like, I never imagined. Like, I knew that you had a voice and you had a powerful story, but just remembering of how you started and how you struggled so much and, and how I had to kind of coach you through that and now where you are. And, and you know, it, I think that's an important lesson of pushing that boundary and pushing what you think that you can do because we all have a message and a story that's important for other people to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's being able to step out on that and trusting in that, um, in your in your faith, in your story or mm-hmm. whatever it is and, um, and getting that uh, to the people around you challenge yourself. I love it. And I mean, you both have already accomplished so much since your respective graduation years. I mean, but what's next for the two of you? And what's a message that you'd want to share with other foster children who want to study abroad? Yeah. <laughs> but I would say, I mean, down the line, um, really, of course, outside of just working on the, the companies and everything, I really just want to just figure out better ways to serve people. This is very generic and it's not like, of course we have like specific goals, but just looking at different ways to serve people in all of our capacities, whether it's Rose Empowerment Group uh, and we are working on children's books and, and uh, Rose Conference. Mm-hmm. And again, Rose stands for Rising Over Societal Expectations. So working on a conference uh, for high school students to really get that information on community building and character development uh, pushing forward, redefining normal products and things like that. But uh, I can talk about those specific things, but ultimately it's really just figuring out ways to serve people in many different capacities. Mm-hmm. For foster youth looking to uh, study abroad, I would say that, you know, traveling abroad gives freedom and it gives autonomy and it will open your eyes to so many different things. And you don't have to live up to the, the label of you being a foster youth, but you can just be who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's also why we make a great team is because he's the big visionary and I'm the, how can we break that down into goals and objectives? Well, thank you so much. This conversation has truly been inspiring, but also really eye-opening for myself. And I can only imagine eye-opening for our listeners as well. But we are towards the end of our little chat today. But before I let you go, I did have a bit of a fun question to end this episode on that I've been asking all of our podcast guests. Um, what is a, tre- a dream, a travel destination, or international experience you'd either like to have together or have separately sometime in the near future? 
um, it's, it's hard to say. Um, <laughs> it, we've been to so many different countries and I have so many more that I really want to go to, but I, I would say I would love to just be able to just travel around to specifically African countries and be able to just enjoy culture and people and food and everything. I would love to travel to countries like Nigeria. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, we may be going abroad to South Africa. We both applied to the South African Fulbright program because, you know, we were emergency evacuated. We got to go back. Like, <laughs> so that's, that's a part of it. <laughs> uh, so that, that's a part of it. But then for me, I would say ultimate, like, dream goal is to... Um, say like 10 years from now or something when when we do have kids is to do at least a year of learning abroad. Thank you both for sharing. And then is there a way for our listeners to get in contact with you to learn about all of your amazing endeavors and your book um, after this episode airs? Yeah, of course. Contact us at info at read-findingnormal.com or info at roseempowermentgroup.com. So if you want, if you want to contact us, Follow us on social media at roseempowermentgroup.com, on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, so also as a, you know, a little nugget for people that are listening, for everybody that's listening on our website, you could um, get our autograph copies for 50% off uh, with coupon code 50OFFRN. So that's a little plug right there uh, if you're interested. Uh, But there is a giveaway that, you know, is coming in a minute. Thank you for joining us, Alexis and Justin. And listeners, before you rush to purchase a copy of their book, would you be interested in winning a copy as well? We are hosting a very special giveaway where you have three, yes, three different ways to be entered in to win a copy of Redefining Normal. You are actually already in the right place to win through Apple Podcasts. Just make sure that you rate us five stars and leave a review below and boom, that's it, you're entered to win. Winners will be announced on February 22nd on Instagram and Twitter, so please make sure you are following the Gilman Scholarship on those platforms. You can also find more details about ways to win on our social media. Lastly, as always, stay tuned for our next episode, launching March 1st. Till next time.